Thank you for tuning in to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. You're about to hear a live sermon, which was recorded at our 11 a.m. contemporary service. We are thrilled to share it with you. Thank you for listening. As we continue to worship this morning, we're going to look at Scripture. We're going to read from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, and I'll start in verse 24 and read through verse 29. So I would invite you to listen now for the word of the Lord. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The wind fell, the the rain fell, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, but it didn't fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell, and great was its fall. Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowd was, was astonished. Were, The crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as their scribes. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Lindsay. I do want you to know that next week, Lindsay, myself, and the Slocum family will be not here in worship. We'll be in Austin, Texas. We're going to help celebrate the installation of Emily Wright, who is called to Westlake Presbyterian Church. So we ask for your prayers. We're going to extend greetings to that uh, congregation there in Austin. And we're going to let them know that we are just now entering in the forgiveness phase of um, taking her away. Now, we're going to, it's just such a blessing to see what the role RPC played in her development and preparing her for that great call uh, at Westlake Hills. Well, I also want to remind you that this Wednesday in the sanctuary at 6.30 p.m. is our Ash Wednesday service. Uh, The kicks off and launches the season of Lent. Lent is the 40 days that leads up to Easter, subtracting Sundays. Why Sundays? Because Sundays are always Resurrection Day. And so we invite you to come and celebrate and worship. Today also is the last in our sermon series on the last lecture. We've been looking at this great uh, selection of the largest collection of moral and ethical uh, teachings that we have available to us, called the Sermon on the Mount. And so today we concluded with this last kind of um, great uh, exclamation mark at the end of this great sermon that Jesus offers. So let, we, let us pray together. Gracious and loving God, we thank you um, for this great sermon you've given us. We thank you for the conclusion. We ask that in the next few moments you might be our teacher, that you might speak a word to our hearts that only you can speak. Lord, we pray that we might be transformed that we might find ourselves in you, founded on you, and that, that we might receive that as good news. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. <coughs> I've heard it said that if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. A number of years ago, I was in Atlanta and there was an academic conference where a number of my friends were going to be at. So one night I found myself out at drinks with a man who's a professor at the University of California at Santa Barbara. And I don't know if you've ever been to Santa Barbara, but to my mind, in my opinion, Santa Barbara is probably one of the most beautiful places in the world. 
It's this great town that sits on this hill and overlooks the Pacific Ocean. I mean, it is gorgeous. And so I'm sitting there talking to this professor and I ask him, I say, well, where do you live? He says, well, I have a house there and it sits on this cliff that overlooks the Pacific Ocean. Now I know a little bit about real estate prices and I also know a little bit about professor salaries. So I said, huh, that kind of surprises me. Um, how, did, how did you get that house? He says, well, it's interesting. Um, it's a unique house. In fact, uh, no one will insure it. And I said, oh, why? He says, well, the cliff that it's built on, it's eroding. I said, oh. He says, yeah, 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 it sounds a little strange, but I'm hoping I, I die before it gives way. And I said, well, if you don't, you sure will when it gives way. <laughs> Building on sand is not a long-term construction strategy. So my question for you is, what is your life built on? What's the foundation of your life? There's many things we can build our lives on. But if you build your life, let's say, on wealth, what happens when the next economic crisis comes blowing through? Or let's say you build and found your life on your career and success. What happens when the next round of layoffs comes blowing through? There's all sorts of things you can found your life on. Fame and prestige, sex and wellness. I could go on and on and on. But when the winds come, when the rain begins to fall, will it hold you in the storms of life? Because notice, Jesus doesn't say you can or you can't build a house. He says everyone builds a house. The question is, where are you going to build your house? What will it be founded on? On rock or on sand? The question is, where will you build your house? Foundations are the most important part of construction. It provides for the safety and stability of everything that sits upon it. Everything depends on the foundation. Now, I got to tell you, one of my biggest, one of my biggest fears is the fear of earthquakes. And I know, I know where this fear came from. October 19th, 1989. The o Oakland Athletics are playing the San Francisco Giants, the Battle of the Bay. And that evening, before the game, a 6.3 or a 6.9 earthquake hit the bay. It was devastating. The Cypress Street Viaduct collapsed one tier on top of the other. The damage was extensive and dramatic. Seeing those images on television birthed this fear of earthquakes. So I was a little disappointed when my wife decided, or at the time my girlfriend decided to go to, to law school about a half hour south of San Francisco. We were dating long distance at the time, which was really terrific because it gave me a lot, a lot of opportunities to, to work on my prayer life on the plane rides out there. And I'd be like, Lord, no earthquakes, no earthquakes, no earthquakes. Please, God, no earthquakes. I beg. And luckily, there were never any earthquakes. 
But when I was out there and I'd be at a, a party and kind of talking about my fear of earthquakes, just be like, I really hope there's not an earthquake. And somebody says, oh, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We've got new construction methods. New construction methods. Now buildings are earthquake resistant. And I was like, huh, tell me more about it. Well, there's several different philosophies about building an earthquake resistant uh, building. First, your building needs to be founded, needs to be connected to a strong foundation, to a bedrock. In fact, this is one of the reasons in the Marina District in San Francisco, there was so much devastation because there was no bedrock there in the Marina District. And so when the earthquake hit, the sand, and I quote, was liquefied. It was liquefied and all the buildings collapsed. You need a bedrock, you need a strong foundation, but you also need, you also need flexibility. You need flexibility. Your building needs to be built out of um, materials that have elasticity, that bend. They don't want to be brittle. They don't want to be stiff because it'll just snap and break. You need flexibility. This is one of the reasons that the Golden Gate Bridge survived. It sways in the middle. In fact, in the early service, somebody after the service told me they were there on the Golden Gate Bridge when the earthquake hit. They said they slid two lanes of traffic. Yeah, because they had flexibility. For a solid foundation, for when the earthquake hits, you need a foundation, you need to be solid and connected, but you also need flexibility. And in Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount, we see we have a solid foundation. This vision for how to live life. This gives us a solid foundation for when the storms of life come, we know how to live. This new community that he's been talking about. Jesus gives us this great foundation. Everyone then who hears these words of mine, he says, and acts on them will be like a man who built his house on rock. Everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. Notice what Jesus says here. The wise person is the person who hears and who does who listens and then who acts. There's this sense that a lot of people, they're hearing this message. They're hearing this great lecture, this great sermon, but he knows that not everyone is going to respond. Not everyone is going to be changed and live differently. And he's saying those people are foolish. The wise person knows how to live. They don't just hear, they don't just listen, they know what to do. This is a question in our culture. What do you stand for? What, what is the motivating principles of your life? What gives you vision? What will see you through the storms of life? I don't know if any of you have heard of the band Fun. Uh, a, number of, a number of years ago, they had this song called Some Nights. And I think really that we see a lot represented in our culture uh, in popular music. And so the chorus of this song, Sun, uh, Some Nights, goes... Oh Lord, I'm still not sure what I stand for. What do I stand for? What do I stand for? Most nights, I don't know anymore. Interesting. What do I stand for? What do I stand for? Most nights, I don't know anymore. This seems to be a prevalent view. What do we stand for? If we don't stand for something, we'll fall for anything. 
I mean, I'm, there's a lot about white-collar crime recently in the news. I heard about this one contractor who had done a bunch of work for the government. And this contractor called the, this government official. And he said, you know, I really appreciate all this work you've given us. It's been really helpful to my business. I want to give you a gift. I want to give you a sports car. The government official was surprised and somewhat indignant. He says, I can't take that. What about my, my ethical principles, my sense of ethics? I would never do that. The contractor said, oh, okay. Thought about it for a minute. He said, well, how about this? What if I, what if I sell it to you for $10? Government official says, well, I'll take two. <laughs> That's building your life on sand. When the wind comes, you just change directions. Jesus says, you need to be founded on the bedrock. You need to have a, a solid foundation. You need to read the Sermon on the Mount and hear it and listen and then live differently, he says. But we also need flexibility. We need a solid foundation, but we also need flexibility. See, the Sermon on the Mount is this high bar to get over. If you've read the Beatitudes, about forgiving people, even our enemies, about generosity. If we looked in at the, the golden rule and last week we saw about the narrow way, it's a difficult path that he calls us to. We're gonna need some flexibility. And in Jesus, the great teacher of the Sermon on the Mount, he offers us the flexibility of forgiveness when we fail. We have one who offers this high bar for human life, a purpose and goal for human community, knows we're not going to make it, and then says, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. This great vision, this great foundation for human life, but also with flexibility to forgive us when we fail. Matthew writes, Now when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were astounded at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority, not as their scribes. It was a common custom at this time that if you were teaching, you would say something like, as Moses said, so now I tell you. As Elijah said, so I tell you. As David said, so I tell you. But Jesus doesn't need footnotes. He speaks as one with authority, with divine, sacred authority. And so he has the authority to forgive Yes, yeah, sure, he sets a high bar for the human life, purpose for the new community he's come to establish. But then he knows we are not going to make it all the time and offers us the flexibility of forgiveness. Last week, I mentioned the Danish philosopher and theologian Soren Kierkegaard. Kierkegaard was living in the end of the 19th century in Copenhagen, Denmark. At that time, it was at the tail end of Christendom. And by this, what I mean is in Europe at the time, if you're a European citizen, if you were born in Europe, you were assumed to be a Christian. Everyone was a Christian. And so Soren comes along, looks at all his fellow citizens, and sees a lot of people calling themselves Christians, but doesn't see a lot of Christian living. He was a bit of a prophet, kind of a gadfly. And so he liked to write he wrote what he called upbuilding up discourses. Upbuilding discourses. Basically, they're sermons, they're commentaries on scripture. But he would say, I'm not ordained, I'm not a preacher. 
I can't preach. This is not a sermon. It's an upbuilding discourse. And then he would offer his opinions about scripture. He loved the Sermon on the Mount. He loved this great vision. And he thought people read it a lot, but they don't do it. It doesn't transform them. They don't read to the end and see about the the wise person who builds their house on the rock. And so he liked to tell parables often, to teach. And so he told this parable. He says, imagine your beloved lives in a far and distant country. And your beloved, the person you love, writes you a letter. And this letter, it's asking you to do one thing. But your beloved doesn't want anybody to know about it. It's a secret. So your beloved writes it in a language you don't know. And so you receive this letter. What do you do? You, you go onto Amazon and you buy um, word studies and a dictionary and a grammar. And you begin to translate the letter. The letter is asking you to do one thing, but you get obsessed about the letter. You get obsessed about where every comma goes, where each accent mark is supposed to be, and you obsess about it for hours, and hours leads to days. And you fail to do the one thing the letter is asking you to do, the one thing that your beloved is asking of you. Soren never tells us what the one thing is, because that's not his point. And he says, what if somebody came into your study and saw you obsessing over, over the letter, but you weren't doing what the letter asked you to do? He said, that person would question whether you really loved your beloved. He's saying, loving is action, not just believing. He says, in Jesus Christ, in the Sermon on the Mount, God has written a letter to us a love letter asking us to live differently and just to read the sermon, to memorize it, to listen to sermons, but not to live differently is to misunderstand the point of the Sermon on the Mount. He says, found your life on this. This is the foundation that will see you through when the storms come. Found your life on it. Let it be transformed but also trust in the flexibility of Jesus's forgiveness that when we fail, we can go to the great teacher who will forgive us. But he tells us what we stand for because if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we thank you for the great Sermon on the Mount and we thank you for you, the great teacher, one who has given us this great foundation, but also given us the flexibility of forgiveness. We pray that we might trust you with our lives, that we might be transformed, that our community might be one that um, aspires to this great vision to follow and embody the Sermon on the Mount. We thank you. In your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to the RPC Sermon Series podcast. If you'd like more info about Roswell Presbyterian Church, check out our website at roswellpres.org.